Welcome back to Emmaism, a philosophy podcast for students of philosophy, because that really is what we all are, seekers of knowledge. Happy Thursday, and um, it's again a great day to philosophize. It is also a monumental podcast week um, because this episode marks the end of the third season. Isn't that crazy? Um, So thanks for listening, and welcome back for the 31st episode. I mean, like, Technically, it's the 30th, like, non-meditation one, but I had a five-minute one a while back, but, you know, I think we'll count that as an episode. So, 31st. Season four um, is going to, like, start up when I'm at UPenn, just because the next two weeks are probably going to be pretty busy with, like, moving there and all. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get a surprise one in there, in the mix. But um, expect some new things. I'm going to try some, like, interviews with people. And I'll incorporate some of what I'm learning in class to your weekly fill of philosophy. But um, thanks in advance for understanding. Um, oh, by the way, before we get into the topic of today, just like a week or after the last two episodes about the different type of law had both been out, um, I saw that Pope Francis had a post on his Instagram saying how, um, and I quote, the external law cannot bring life because it does not change the heart. Um So this just goes to show the IRL impact of eternal law and how that's the direct changer of the soul and the heart. Um, Human law can never really do that. I'm not really framing this elaboration in the most thoughtful way, but um, eternal law is like what guides the soul. And with that, human law will not change anything substantive um, about our being. So yeah, um, what I'm going on about for hours like as it feels like but really it's minutes it has some standing in like today's world so you can find application of philosophy really everywhere in life um but yeah so now that we're done with the intro let's get into the topic of the day um i want to talk about generalizations and why we make them what they mean and why we should be inclined to like veer away from making generalizations in the future but also i'm going to be talking about the trade-offs of even doing just that so interesting stuff. Um, so what, what does it mean when I say generalization? Well, a generalization is defined as a general statement that is derived from like inference from specific cases. Like a short example is that you see a dog that's able to do tricks and give paw on like commands, but like the cat that's next to it is laying down and not responding to even its name. So someone might deduce or say that dogs are smarter than cats, and that's an untruthful generalization. I mean, you know, it might be true in some instances, maybe more than some, but I mean, that's just because I'm a dog person. I have certain inclinations, um, but I'm, I'm kidding. Um, sometimes generalizations can be misplaced, harmful, and incorrect, or they can also be, like, well-intended, helpful, and true. Obviously, you can, like, mix and match these adjectives here for whatever statement that is made, but you kind of, like, get the idea. Um, for example, a helpful generalization would be something like, in New England during fall, it's normally sweatshirt weather, so maybe you should try for that. Um, and then like a harmful and false generalization would be something like most politicians are greedy and manipulative, you know, it's just not true. Um, and it's just kind of harmful. Um, and those are just, you know, two examples to get us on our feet, just to hone in on what I'm talking about. And I'm sure you guys can think of more. Um, Sometimes people witness an event that prompts them to make a statement that draws a link between an individual and a collective, rather a particular and 
a universal. So making that leap from the individual to the collective is easy to do and it's common. Um, It's just something we do in everyday life. These statements that are made are typically viewed as true or truthful in substance by the person who observed whatever and made the statement. Um, What is viewed as truthful from the basis of the generalization um, or like the generalized statement um, then might be flawed. Um, So we might be prompted to ask now, why is that? Um, Well, we must remember that for something to be true, it must be true in every single instance. That's Immanuel Kant right there. Um, He was a wise old soul and did some great impactful philosophizing back in the day. Um, He believed that truth is like a predicate of whole judgments, not of a of you know representational particular parts of judgments um that's essentially what i'm holding here when i say that for something to be true it must be true in every instance um if you are going to apply a particular to a universal then you must make sure that the particular is true in each instance within the whole it like really doesn't matter the context for the particular, only the fact of whether the consequence of that particular pertains to the universal statement that you made. Is it true? That's kind of the question. Um, a specific generalization that is often made is like certain types of people are willing or not willing to do certain things, or another would be like one group of people does or does not like another certain kind of thing. And these two generalizations are usually incorrect. That, this is because there's no way that each particular is true in every single instance. The parts don't are not true, so the, the whole cannot be true, you know? Um, you have to evaluate it on like an individual standpoint. So I'm guessing I'm, I'm just putting importance on adoption of certain linguistics um, or noting upon certain linguistics. You can easily like spot a generalization because there are a lot of words like none, all, never, always, and obviously there's generally. Um, but there are even like slicker ones because they use words like mostly and often or sometimes. But honestly, I'd be hesitant to call those three the mostly often, sometimes, like generalizations, um, as usual parts of hasty generalizations because there's technically the intent within the word that you're understanding that they are not true in every instance you're admitting that it is only in some so i'd argue with that way people can get off the hook for having the truth be true in each instance but still they are generalizations of sorts um so now that we have a good grasp of generalizations and why they're not ideal for interaction observation maybe we can dive a little deeper into what we lose by generalizing as a whole society. Um, So once generalizations become so widespread and popular, they're more difficult to debunk. Um, This is because it's scary to stand up for people. You know, this is why we have to teach that bystander stuff in middle school. Um, (laughs) Or upstander, I should say. Um, Especially, it's hard when a universal has already been deemed truth when it is in fact fallible. Um, It's even more annoying when you can see the fallibility through several other isolated cases. You can literally see the particulars that do not pertain. Um, Generalizations create a situation where the individual is not being seen apart from being just part of the whole. There's no recognition of the distinct person. There's just a universal being placed on particulars with no regard to the particulars themselves. 
hopefully that makes sense a lot of particulars going around um but anyways um people are like so dead set on creating this like isolated unevaluated particular to be the universal and like manipulating it to be that that they lose sight of the other particulars had they maybe seen a different situation first would they have advertised that particular as the universal when you generalize, you lose sight of the actual truth and base all your other perceptions on that subjective universal you came up with and disguise the particular as. So not only do generalizations lose sight of the individual person as a being, but they also lose sight of all the capabilities of in- that individual. So I didn't talk about that, but I guess I'm going to talk about that now. So the capabilities of the individual. Um, now that I'm saying on it, it dawns on me that although I'm making generalizations sound kind of bad and almost like intended and evil, I'm not suggesting that at all. Um, Generalizations are careless and lazy, to be honest, and they're just a product of lack of curiosity and lack of will to examine further. They're a consequence of ignorance. It's not intended or evil, really. Um, And that generalization I'm making right now is indeed truthful in every instance. You know, they're these generalizations are a consequence of ignorance. Um, however, if someone wants to challenge me on that, um, go ahead and we will debate away. But okay, back to where we were. We can lose sight of the individual himself and also lose sight of the individual's capabilities. What capabilities am I referring to? Well, they'd be along the lines of the individual's free will, um, the exercise of that, their chance to refuse or accept, their ability to think, among other simple qualities that would potentially isolate the individual from the universal. Um, Let's give an example of this. How about um, one I hear a bunch, which would have to be that, um, we'll go with this one, rich people are greedy. I know it's a little bit controversial, but cut me some slack. We'll give the statement some rational observance and evaluation that we'd give something else. So first, we have to look at it from the individual being. So just as a particular on its own, how would we do this? Well, can you think of anyone wealthy who pops up in your head as someone who is not greedy? Um, Can you think of that? Is anyone coming up? Um, How about one that is greedy, in your opinion? Well... I can think of several wealthy people who are, in fact, not greedy and, in fact, donate money to charities to help the less fortunate progress the community. Or we could see them investing their money back in their business as to, like, further its positive impact by maybe creating new jobs or, you know, bringing about secondary benefits for the community. All I'm saying is that, yes, of course I can think of at least one rich person who's not greedy. So the universal is debunked by a particular right there. So... Let's also evaluate the statement from a point of view from the individual's quality. Let's take the wealthy person as an individual. So, as an individual, the wealthy person has a choice to accept or reject anything. They can also choose to or choose not to do anything. Overall, they have free will empowerment. Is the statement, rich people are greedy, in alignment with the recognition that wealthy people are individuals that can choose, feel, and respond freely and in accordance with their own wills? No, spoiler alert, it's not. Um, For the statement to hold truth, it at least can't be phrased in that way. And at most, the statement rich people are greedy needs to be thrown out completely because those who are not greedy are not outliers in the overall pack. So that was a pretty solid example of how a particular can be used to debunk a generalized universal. Um, The qualities of 
any individual as just being an individual are powerful and influential. There are absolutely grounds for reasoning that even just one particular must be separate from the universal. Because they're ground for that sort of reasoning, they threaten the generalization. So, in making and spreading the generalized universal, people negate and dismiss individuals' quality to or to not. Um, By just denying it, then there's nothing upfront and obvious that is rejecting your universal. And at that, you don't even need to deny it. Just omit it with the generalization, and that's just that. You're just losing sight of the individual's capabilities. Um, so now I've talked a lot about why generalizations are bad, you know, generally, um, and lose sight of the individual and create a universal out of an isolated particular. But I want to now touch on why sometimes focusing in on the individual himself isn't the most progressive way of going about evaluating circumstances either. Um... When you've evaluated a circumstance with only a particular individual in mind, then you lost sight of the collective. It's kind of the opposite of what I was saying earlier. Instead of making a generalization and losing sight of the individual within the collective, here you're just wrapped in in the particular, and this is the trap where you could potentially manipulate that particular into universal and you could generalize. So I guess it's a whole circle. Um, And... I also guess that that's the instance and context of how a generalization would happen. But um, anyway, what I'm getting at is that when you only have a particular in mind, you lose sight of the community and collective you live in. There's that similar danger when you generalize statements to a community. When you lose sight of the individual, then you're not taking into account other particulars that challenge the universal. Also, um, it's fair to mention that I sound kind of annoying telling everyone not to generalize. Um, It's something we hear a lot, and it's not always the most exciting thing to hear. But I'm also telling you not to individualize at the fullest extent either. There's obviously a happy medium, but I'm stressing that the majority of society is not at that happy medium. Um, It takes conscious practice to be at that happy medium. The important thing is, is not to lose sight of this. That we are people, individuals that live in a community. If we can appreciate our distinct experiences and understand those in making inferences about the whole that is our community or collective, then we can pursue the truth more thoughtfully, efficiently, and honestly. So, in one respect, if generalizations are factual, go for it. If they aren't, avert them and question their bases. If individualization is advantageous and inclusive, then sure. If it's divisive and just a particular that you're manipulating to fit a universal it was not meant for, then don't. It sounds simple, but it's not. It's all about evaluation of the individual, collective, and the context of the situation. It's the happy medium. But remember, if it is not true in each and every instance, then it cannot be true as a blank universal. All right, um, that's all I have for today's Amazon podcast. I hope you all enjoyed and we'll be back next time for a new exploration. Until then, keep searching for the truth.